You're listening to the Deal Farm Podcast with Ken Corsini. Educating, inspiring, and connecting you to real estate deals. And now, your host, Ken Corsini. Hey, this is Ken Corsini with The Deal Farm on today's Best Deal Ever episode. I'm joined by Whitney Nicely. Whitney actually has been in real estate since 2009. She's done a ton of different types of deals. She specializes in lease options. She does a lot of land, real creative financing techniques. She's been featured on Realtor.com, US News and World Report, the CW69 in Atlanta. She's also been on Entrepreneurs on Fire. I'm super excited to have her on the show with us. So Whitney, welcome to the show. Hey, Ken. Thanks for having me today. Well, thanks so much for coming on. It's always good to talk to somebody who's a fellow Georgian, or although only here recently, I guess. You've just moved yeah. to Georgia. Is that right? I am not that kind of dog. I am a smoky <laughs> dog. Go Vols. Oh, no. I might, I might have to just end this podcast right here because I'm, <laughs> I'm a D-A-W-G dog, unfortunately, for, for you. But oh, that's that shows your Georgia education. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. This is already off to a bad start. <laughs> Want to start over? <laughs> well, no, exactly. No, this is good. Well, welcome to Georgia anyways, even though I know you're wearing orange right now. I am. We'll let you stay. <laughs> hey, I know that you've been in real estate for a long time, and you've got coaching students, and you've got some education courses out there. I'm curious. I don't know a whole lot about your backstory. How did you get into real estate? I am the fourth generation entrepreneur. My family owns dump truck companies in Tennessee. And over the years, when they weren't trucking, they were buying houses and buying commercial property and buying landfills. So I am a real estate investor since I was born, or I have been a real estate investor since I was born. I remember being a little girl and mama telling me to go get the rent money out of the mailbox. Uh, I remember driving by tenants' houses, knocking on the door, collecting late rent, like all of that stuff I remember doing as a kid. I remember in middle school and high school going to Saturday auctions and mama raising her hand and buying a house just like that. I thought that's how it always happened. (laughs) And then uh, when I got out of college, I started working for the family business trucking. And I don't know if you know many sorority girls, but wearing a hard hat and still toed boots is not exactly the idea I had when I graduated from college. (laughs) So, um, but you know, it was during the middle of the recession and I had to do what I had to do. Um, but round Oh nine into 10, I really decided that I liked the real estate part of what the family was doing better. But my family is kind of the old and slow way of investing where they want to save some money, buy something and eventually get some money back. Like they have no formulas, no strategies. They're just throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what sticks, you know, hoping and planning that when they retire, if they retire, they'll have money coming in every month. And I, I just, maybe it's cause I'm a millennial and I like to spend almost everything that I get and saving up money to go buy a house. Didn't sound as much fun as saving money to go to Mexico. So (laughs) I, uh, I kind of took the real estate and put a spin on it. And in three years, I've got more houses than my mom. I don't have more commercial or more industrial than my mom, but I do have more houses than my mom does. Um, After buying for 40 years, it only took me three. So how long have you been active at real estate, buying, holding, buying, and selling? Um, I flipped my first house in 09 with mom and dad. It was one of their rental houses. And then I moved into it, which means that they got no income, but I got a really sweet deal. And because if I had my own house, I'd be calling dad to fix stuff anyway. So he may as well have been my landlord. 
Um, but then in 12, I bought my first little piece of land. Okay. And then in 13, I bought more land and more land. My brother and I sank our whole life savings into a couple houses in the summer of 13. And then I found myself in the position most of my students find themselves in where they want to buy houses, but they don't have any money. And, you know, I tried to do the math. I tried to figure out how long it was going to take me to get my life savings back out of these houses. And I mean, it, it was going to be like 115 years or something ridiculous. And I was like, well, that's not going to work. We're going to have to figure out a different way. So uh, then I started digging around and found out about lease options. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, that's when it really got started. I, I did my first lease option in February of 14. So it's been right at three years that I've been doing lease options and owner financing. Okay, awesome. And was so was are most of the, the properties that you've purchased then over the last couple of years, have they been in Tennessee? Yes, until February of this year. I, I've done four deals in Georgia uh, in the last two months. But I've got 16 houses, 19 apartment units, and about seven chunks of land up in Tennessee. Up in Tennessee. Okay. So what brought, brought you down to Georgia? Your family's up in Tennessee. You guys are rocking and rolling up there with real estate. And then you up and moved to Rome, Georgia. What was that about? My stepkids live in Rome. Oh, and gotcha. my husband and I did uh, the long distance for about four years. Uh, married for right at a year. And at our year anniversary, I was like, you know what? I give up. <laughs> I'm tired of driving 75 every weekend. I'm just going to move to Georgia and we'll wing it. So I really, I spend about four days in Georgia and three days in Tennessee. I'm, I'm almost half and half still, but I'm here more than there now. I gotcha. Yeah. So how has that been then settling in for you into a new market without really any connections and then just having to, to make a go of it. Sounds like you've got four deals in the last two months, so you're making a go of it. Oh my gosh, I love it. It's so much fun because, you know, when you're somewhere for a long time, you kind of get in the rhythm of it and you get known for certain houses. And I kind of wanted to switch and, you know, play around with some different stuff. So um, my, my houses in Tennessee are all very pretty houses. I've only got one house with an outhouse. So, you know. <laughs> Tennessee for you. And that's right. You got to have one. There's the token one. Um, so I've got it and I love it. It's a cute little deal, but I, I wanted out of pretty houses because they're fun, but I kept thinking about these ugly houses and you know, the money I was making on the pretty houses, I could buy free and clear maybe two or three ugly houses. So since I've been here, I've been doing the ugly house business and I love it. I am having so much fun with these little 2000, 5000, $10,000 houses. So let me ask you this. So has your primary strategy then been to, to buy and then hold, or are you buying and flipping? I do lipstick on a pig flips. So I flip just enough. Um, you know, if, if there's something major, I mean, I've gutted the kitchen, I've gutted the bathrooms, I've done all of that, but Ken, it's honestly the less money you can spend to flip a house. Sometimes you can make more. I mean, if you spend 10000 and you flip it and you get 10000 well, then you didn't actually do anything but practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you spend 1000 or 1500 and you get 10000 now we've made money. Mm-hmm. Yep. So doing the lipstick on a pig, doing the little bitty things, cleanups, uh, landscaping, painting one or two rooms, replacing the floor in the kitchen and the bathrooms, you know, just doing little tweaks to the house. And then getting ten or fifteen thousand in option fees—that's where the money is. And I would say I do—I do sandwich lease options, so I get lease options from the sellers, and then I get lease options on the tenant buyers. Okay. And so I take over people's payments, I take over mortgages on lease options, or I find people that, 
you know, thought they wanted to be a professional landlord and then it turned out to be work. And so what they really wanted was the money and none of the responsibility. So I buy their houses with owner financing and I send them the money and I keep the responsibilities. And there's no banks, at least not on your end. You let somebody no else banks, get the bank loan. No banks, no money. Uh, I don't give my sellers any money, hardly ever. I get about 90 days before I make the first payment. And people are always very surprised at how easy it is to find people willing to let you do a lease option or owner finance their house and not make payments for 90 days and not give them a whole bunch of money. So that's an interesting strategy. I know a handful of people that that's kind of what they go after. And actually early on, I did my first two years in the business back in the mid 2000s, we did 75 lease purchases in the first two years, but we did it the old fashioned way. And so I love the strategy that you're employing and I want to kind of dive into the nuts and bolts of it. Essentially, you're not going out and buying a house necessarily, but you're controlling a house and that's a key difference. So let's talk for a second, one about how you're acquiring these properties. How are you finding these people? And then how are you structuring your deals? I've got six different ways that I teach. I probably got about 72,000 different ways that I get deals, but I've narrowed it down to six and six ways that, you know, you can pay for some marketing, but you know, it's probably split three and three paid versus free. Okay. Most of my deals right now are coming from Facebook. And when I was in Tennessee, I could get deals off my personal page. But now that I'm in a new market, I'm having to create a name for myself. So I've really put myself in my student's shoes starting from scratch again. Mm -hmm. And so I'm doing um, <laughs> my uh, Facebook ads friends who like do this marketing stuff professionally make fun of me. But I boost posts. Okay. Yeah. I spend $5 over the weekend on Facebook and I'll get three, four, five, ten leads off $5, which I don't know about you, but it's going to get hot in Georgia and that's going to be a lot easier than hanging bandit signs. <laughs> I was about to say, that's a pretty good ROI. If you get one deal off a $5 spend, I think you're doing all right. Yeah. So I've been doing that for the last couple of weekends and I've bought two houses off a of boosted post. And uh, today I referred one out. The seller wanted 12,000. I only wanted to give her eight and we couldn't get together on it, but I've got a friend here and I think she's got an investor that'll give her, you know, 12 and then, you know, I'll get a referral. So we'll be good. So you're, are you boosting personal posts? Are you boosting, uh, do you have like a, now, a page? I have a page. I, I'm a broker in Tennessee and in Georgia, but I don't do regular real estate things. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't list houses. I don't drive buyers around. I don't do open houses on Sundays. I buy houses. And if I can't make it a deal, I'll put you in contact with some of my friends who buy houses and see if they can make it a deal. Mm -hmm. So when you, let's talk about what that is. When you boost a post in Facebook, if you've got a page, so you put an ad out there or a, a posting that says something like, hey, I'm interested in buying a house this weekend, pay five bucks, you boost it. It goes to what, all the people that like your page and maybe all of their friends. How does that No, I, I, I selected, you, you can do Facebook different ways and I'm testing this out. So I haven't found the surefire way to do it. I am buying houses off $5, so I'm doing something right. right. But um, so what I did is I, I took one of my ugly houses and I put a picture up and said, hey, I bought this house last week. It's in South Rome. I'm looking for some other houses like this in South Rome or in Lindale. If you got something, you know, let me know. I tried that one and it did, you know, okay, I got a lead. I got a house. We're closing on in on Friday. Um, but then I put another one up with the same picture and I said, hey, I'm going to tear this house down. Do you know anybody that could tear it down for me? Tag them in this post. Oh, by the way, I'm looking for more of these. 
Maybe I'll tear them down and maybe I won't. But if you got an ugly house, send it to me. And that one has blown up. And I don't know if it's because I said, hey, I'm going to tear this thing down. And people are like, what? Why? I'll buy it. (laughs) So you just got a whole bunch of interest and people probably coming at you from different angles, it sounds like. All sorts of angles. Oh, my gosh. It's been amazing. And I've got some people, you know, and I'll tear the thing down. I don't care. I've got 2,500 bucks in it. I'll tear it down and put a big old sign out there that says, hey, I bought this. I'll buy yours, too. <laughs> you know, people are, are, are listening to this and saying, "What? where in the heck does she live where you can buy houses on land for 2,500 bucks, 10,000 bucks or 8,000 bucks? Keep in mind. So I guess if it's just a quick description of where Rome is in relation to Georgia. Uh, Rome is northwest Georgia. And I mean, I'm telling you, you can go across the line in Chattanooga. You can go across the line into Alabama, into um Oh, gosh, where's the NASA over there? Huntsville. Huntsville, yep. Um, I don't know if you can go to downtown Atlanta and find an $8,000 house, but if you go, if you if you drew a circle around Atlanta, probably, what, 75 miles out? Yeah. Anything, I, anything right. in Georgia 75 miles out of Atlanta, you'll find $8,000 houses all day long. It just gets very rural. It's just a totally different market where Atlanta's very urban. You get outside into rural Georgia, and it's a whole nother ball ballgame. I know, but think about the people that live outside of Atlanta. You know, these are going to be people who need a handyman special. They've got crap credit. They've got good jobs. They need a place to live. They've got the dream of home ownership, but they can't go to a bank. Yeah. So they can do a rent to own or lease option through me. And I'm the only person offering this. Totally. I'll, I'll never run out of opportunities. Yep. So when you, when you come across, let's say a $10,000 house, What's your first strategy? What are you What are you thinking to yourself? This is a decent house. I can fix it up. What am I going to do with it? I, I I'm creating a rule pretty quickly that if it's ten thousand or less, I just got to cash it out. You know, I I've been preaching and stomping on lease options, but I mean, if it's ten thousand or less, you just got to cash that thing out. It's just not going to work out for anybody to try to do a lease option on it. Um, maybe twenty five thirty, you could do a a year lease option, Mm -hmm. maybe a two year lease option. Mm -hmm. But in these, you know, my goal is to cash them out, get somebody to give me three, four, 5,000 in an option fee, which is very regular and pay me rent for a year or two. So you're, so on a, so when you mean cash out, like on a $10,000 junker, what's the strategy you want to get an option fee up front? So you're lease, you're still going to lease purchase that to somebody? Yeah. Yeah. Because that's the only way I'm going to get my money back. Even though it's not livable? Or is it livable? Are we saying it's livable? Okay. This, this one that I'm buying is livable. Um, the man inherited it from his grandparents and he was moving in. He put new plumbing in it. He got um, new electricity run through it. He had, you know, the gas, make sure the heat was going to work. He was going through starting to, um, you know, patch up some holes, replace some windows. And he found a nice lady who already had kids in a different, um, you know, school district and she didn't want to uproot her kids. So he left what he'd been doing and now they're happily ever after. Wow. And he doesn't need this house anymore. Yeah. Gotcha. But it's, it's ready to go. Like it, it's awesome. And I'll, I'll sell it to somebody for, you know, 20, 25,000 on a lease option, give them a year or two to finance it. And they'll pay me 5,000 to move in, pay me three, $400 a month. And still owe me a lump at the end. So in this particular case, did you lease purchase it from the seller or did you get an owner finance from the seller? How did you structure that on the front end? I agreed to pay him 10000 And then yesterday it came up that he owed taxes on this property. Oh, yeah. 
And I thought, okay, no problem. We're going to close in the middle of May. I'll close out the taxes. And he said, no, actually it's going up for tax sale. So um, yesterday he agreed to take 5,500 for it, including the thousand dollars back taxes. Oh my gosh. So we're going to close this Friday before the tax sale on Tuesday. So this particular deal, you're going to go ahead and pay cash for it and then probably get almost all of your cash back in the form of a down payment. Not a down payment. Mortgage brokers take down payments. I take option fees, non-refundable option fees. Option fees. fees. Very good. Good. Yeah. Good clarification there. (laughs) No, it is. It's big. It's funny because when we've done plenty of lease options over the years too, and it's, it's funny, the semantics, they do make a big difference. The down payment versus an option fee versus a security deposit. And everybody wants to convolute them, but there is a very, there's definitely a distinction there. And you know, when we're talking in general terms, I may say down payment, I say money up front, I, I may say, you know, a handful of different things, but when it comes down to it and we talk to investors, this is a non-refundable option fee that they're giving me. And yeah, within two months, I'll have all my money back. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a killer model. Hey, so you had mentioned that you have a couple of paid ways of getting, uh, of acquiring properties and a couple of free ways. What's, what are some of the free ways you're finding deals? So your personal Facebook page is an awesome way to get free leads because if you're in real estate, people are kind of curious about you anyway, Mm -hmm. especially if they've been on TV in the last three or four years and seen the flipping shows. Mm -hmm. So they think real estate is just like it is on TV, right? It is. It's just like it is on TV. I mean, definitely. (laughs) So show them that. Right. So you're you're constantly posting on your personal, personal Facebook, it sounds like. Yeah. And you know, I, I love dirty pictures are like wildfire on Facebook. If you can get an ugly tool up there, people will go berserk over it. Oh, and all you got to do is I wasn't sure what you meant by dirty out. pictures. I was like, what are we posting on Facebook? Dirty, dirty p- pictures, man. I, like uh, one of these houses I bought in Rome was a crack house. And when I say crack house, people have a image in their mind. But when I say crack house, I mean like when you're standing inside the house, you can see outside through the cracks in the floor, through the cracks in the wall, through the, I mean, it's like an egg. It's cracked. A literal crack house. A crack house. That's hilarious. So, so and just posting that piques people's interest. People love it. They absolutely love it because there's something in us that wants to flip, but most people don't have the balls to do it. So when you show them that you're out here and you're doing it, they love it. They eat it up and they start recommending you to their friends and family. And it's much easier than saying, I buy houses, I buy houses, I buy houses, you know, pictures speak a thousand words. And when you prove that you buy houses, then you get into like the back door of their psychology to where they're, whenever anybody in their church or in their office or just in line at the daycare, you know, wherever they are mentions getting rid of an ugly house, they say, Oh, you should call Whitney. She puts all sorts of pictures up and blah, 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 blah. blah. And they're your cheerleaders Mm -hmm. without having to pay them or entice them. That's good. No, I can totally see that. What else are you doing to find free acquisitions? Craigslist. Um, one of my apartments, uh, well, it's a triplex in Morristown. We bought it off Craigslist. Um, no agents involved. The sellers were in Florida. We were right place at the right time. And I was just combing Craigslist. Um, and I actually have it set up an auto. So I get emails. I don't actually have to go through Craigslist anymore. Yep. I get emails when something um, fits my criteria. What do you use to do that? Because there's a couple of different programs that kind of scour it and, and shoot you notifications. I use if this, then that. Yep. Yep, we had that set up for a while as well. And that's just, it's what, IFTTT.com? Yeah. yeah, and it used to be recipes, now it's applets. It's a little bit more complicated. You have to slide a button instead of just saying go. But yeah. other than that, it's the same thing. And it's so awesome for automated lead generation. Definitely. You know, we actually, we ha- we've had a VA 
in India for, you know, super cheap, like three bucks an hour, who would actually, we trained him how to search Craigslist. And we found a lot of deals off of Craigslist. Not only a lot of deals, we found, we made relationships with a lot of wholesalers who have then sent us deals. So I'm a big fan of Craigslist as well. I also use, um, well, this is a little bit of an investment, but I'll tell you, I'm one of those people that wears the ugly button that says I buy houses. <laughs> nice. So, you know, 10 or 15 bucks. I, I went ahead and spent 20 and got the one with the magnet so it didn't poke a hole in my shirt. Nice. So it's an and actual button that says, I, I don't know if I've ever even seen that button. Maybe I don't get enough. I'll send you one. Okay. I've got a hundred of them <laughs> here on my awesome. desk. I love the buttons because it's an immediate icebreaker. You're in the grocery store. You're wearing, you know, whatever it is you're wearing. And nobody wants to say anything, but hey, how's the weather? Well, that's not helping you buy houses. Yeah. But if you've got this big, bright button on that says, I buy houses, people come up to you and be like, they totally skip all the regular, you know, common conversation stuff and they're like hey and they like whisper to you they get like way too close and they're like hey i've um i've got this house and uh, and you're like oh really and and uh, exactly like hold on let me get my paper out let me right. write some notes down this is going to be a good one and i mean i've bought i haven't bought houses at the grocery store but i've left the grocery store went to the house made an offer and put a sign in the yard later that day after i went and put the milk in the fridge wow that's interesting. I, you know, it's funny. I've, I've interviewed a ton of people. Nobody's ever told me about the button, but that's, I totally get it. Cause if you're, especially if you're out and about a lot and you're striking up conversations with people, people are going to ask about your button, or I guess you could, it could be a t-shirt. It could be anything, something that you're wearing on your body that lets people know that you're in real estate. I've tried the t-shirts. I've tried the jackets. I've tried the hoodies. Nothing works like the button. Like the button. Who knew? That's good. That's a good tip. I also, I teach my students too, that when you've got this button on, it's kind of like, when a cop has his badge on, you know, he, he feels the part. Mm -hmm. When you have a button on that says, I buy houses, and you get out of the house and the sellers see that button and they're like, oh, you buy houses, then it starts breaking down all sorts of barriers and it lifts your confidence up, you know, like a cop. You you feel it. You you just embrace it more. And the deals just slide in your favor so much more from this stupid little button. You know, it seems, I can just tell from your personality that it seems like a lot of your deals are just coming from your ability to network. How important has that been in your business? I have never met a stranger. And I get that impression. A lot of people don't have that um, natural <laughs> uh, mouth of the South kind of personality. So I, I really do use that to my advantage. And sure. everybody has a story to tell. And if you will just be open and ready to receiving those stories, those situations, then those houses and those leads, I mean, they're just going to start snowballing until you're like, hold on, maybe I should not wear my button today. <laughs> well, you're, you're always in real estate mode too, wherever you are, whoever you're talking to, whether you're posting on social media or you're buying eggs from the grocery store, it sounds like you are always in real estate mode. And as a result, all the people you encounter are constantly top of mind. Hey, Whitney buys houses. If I come across something, I need to refer it to her. And that, I mean, that says so much too, because let's talk about Facebook for a second. If you're an agent and this gets on my nerves so bad, if you're an agent and your whole livelihood depends on you listing and buying houses for other people, why in the world are you sharing cat videos that have nothing to do with real estate? <laughs> Good point. Good point. Or, or taking a picture of the meal you just ate. Nobody cares about the meal you just ate. Show Nobody us, cares. Show us a picture of a toilet, right? Show us something that has something to do with real estate so that we can see that you're in it. Okay, you get, I, I hate to say it, but 
you have to focus so hard on something that you are obsessed with it and that you are obnoxious with it because that's the only way that you're going to get through other people's heads. If you're kind of fiddle farting around about it, then you're never going to make an impact on your sellers, on your audience or on your family. And that's why we're in real estate is really for the family to make sure that we've got that generational wealth, that all of this isn't for nothing. It's for something. And that's our kids. Absolutely. Hey, so you've been at this for a while, a handful of years. Sounds like you've done all sorts of really cool creative deals. Is there one deal in particular <laughs> that stands out to you as like your best deal ever? Um, I'll tell you about my um, one of my favorite land deals. I bought a half acre piece of industrial land in the city of Knoxville before I really knew what I was doing. Mm-hmm. I, I bought it for about $1,500 and... Within three months, we were renting the driveway for $250 a month. And recently, like a couple months ago this year, my brother rented the rest of the land. So we are now renting our $1,500 lot that we've had paid for for about two, three years. We're renting it for $750 a month. So every other month, we get our full investment back on it. What was on it? Was there a building on it? Nothing. There was nothing but trees and grass on it. But because it was zoned industrial, you can park cars or do whatever, whatever you want on it. What's your brother doing? I'm just curious. He rented it to one of his buddies that needed some outside storage and you have to have industrial land to have outside storage. Yeah. Our, our neighbor was driving on our driveway. They thought it was their driveway, but, um, <laughs> I was downtown flirting with the codes guys one day and they were, you know, just looking around at my properties because they like to see what I bought. And they were like, Hey, this driveway is half yours. So I, I called my neighbor who's like a fortune 500 company, like on the NASDAQ and everything. And I was like, Hey, you're driving on my land. And they were like, Oh yeah, you're cute. Little real estate girl. Sure. We are. And I said, no, I want rent for it. And they're like, no, it's cool. We'll have it surveyed and see what's going on. Well, they called me back in two weeks and they're like, Hey, um, we just noticed that we're driving on your driveway <laughs> and we'd like to pay you two fifty a month for that. Is that okay? Well, yes, yes, that'll be fine. <laughs> so is it, uh, is there like the entrance to their parking lot go across your driveway or something? Um, back, it turns out in like 92, when I was in elementary school, the city decided they didn't want this road anymore. So they turned it into a driveway and gave the left half to my neighbor and the right half to me, but I didn't have it yet. So when I got it, um, I didn't realize that I was getting that extra little stretch of right away. Wow. That's, that's fortunate. Hey, so how did you find this deal? How did you find this uh, piece of industrial land for 1500 bucks? Uh, this was at a online auction. And if you've not bought properties at auction, you need to. And you really need to start looking at online auctions because, mm-hmm. I mean, I think this internet thing's going to stick. Probably. And uh, this whole pitching a tent and feeding everybody hot dogs on Saturday kind of auction is not going to last forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you really need to start looking at online auctions. And go to your search engine and type in real estate auctions near me. And a lot, probably auction.com will pop up, but mm-hmm. ignore that one. Go find Ma and Pa Auctioneer in your area and sign up for their email list. Oh, so you're not even talking about some of the bigger online auction sites. You're saying find no. some local auctions, like in-person auctions? No, they're online. They're all online. Find, find Ma and Pa Auctioneer near you, you know, ABC Realty and Auction, and sign up for their email list. And most auctioneers are going to online auctions, especially with their real estate sales, because it just reaches more people. Mm-hmm. And they probably won't do the real estate sales on Saturday. They do them on Thursdays and Tuesdays and during the week where people are really thinking about buying and selling real estate. 
Interesting. Yeah, because there are a handful of, you know, the larger auction sites. We've bought a handful of property off off those, but they're just super competitive. There's so many people on the sites. But if you can find, it sounds like a smaller auction site, like a Ma and Pa, uh, that's probably the way to do it. That's interesting. Auction.com is really a foreclosure auction website, and they work with the government, hand in hand with the government. They are not, you know an estate sale. So if, you know, somebody's relatives pass, they're not going to call auction.com to list it. Now they may in the future, but as of right now, they don't, they're going to call a local auctioneer and they're going to sell all the stuff, all the contents and the house. And if you're only interested in the house, just tell them you just want to know about the house. Hmm. Uh, I'm an auctioneer also. I love auctions. Really? Can we hear I'm highly one, licensed? Can we hear one of your calls? Your auction? No, you got to pay, you, you got to pay to play. Oh man. I guess we'll have to we'll have to send them to your website where they can uh, check out your auction calls. Hey, so yeah. how can people find you? WhitneyNicely.com. Whitney like Houston, nicely like nicely done auctions. WhitneyNicely.com. And you've got a handful of things that uh, people might be interested on your site too, right? Oh, yeah. I've got lots of videos, lots of podcasts. Uh, I've got a coaching program if you want to know more about lease options or how you can, you know, because people are always worried about risking everything. Well, if you got 1500 bucks in, and that's not everything, and you can make seven fifty a month. I don't know many people who wouldn't do that. Sure, no, no, no doubt. So start small, buy stuff now, but start small where you can handle it, and then grow up to get in apartments. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, and you're, you can attest to the fact that there's plenty of deals to be made under ten thousand dollars. I'm finding tons of them, and I'm having a blast. That's awesome, Whitney. This was fantastic today. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Hey folks, it's Ken again, and I want to talk to you for just a quick second about becoming a private lender with our company, Georgia Residential Partners. If you've got money right now sitting on the sidelines, maybe it's in a bank account earning less than 1%, or maybe it's in the stock market and you're worried about where the stock market is headed, you might want to consider becoming a private lender with our company. Where you might be getting 1% to 2% on a CD or a money market account right now, when you become a private lender with us, you're actually well into the double digits in terms of return on investment. Again, if you've got money that's not working for you right now, it's sitting on the sidelines and you want to get it into investment that's safe, that's passive and has the opportunity to get you well into the double digits, please reach out to me. You can actually contact us through our website at dealfarm.net. Go to the contact us page. It goes right into my inbox and I will reply and set up a time to talk. Thanks so much for listening to The Deal Farm. We'll see you in the next episode. Take care.